What's up, babes? And as the puck drops, the words that DC fans have been waiting to hear since 1974, the Washington Capitals are the 2018 Stanley Cup champions. It's not a dream. It's not a desert mirage. It's Lord Stanley, and he is coming to Washington. Welcome back to Jabers Inc. Radio. I am your host, Adam Stringham, and today I'm happy to once again be joined by Greg Young. How you doing, Greg? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. I, uh, was talk- we were talking a little bit beforehand. I'm a graduated law student in the midst of trying to study for the bar exam, which I'm sure every lawyer will tell you is the most fun time in the history of the world. So uh, this is kind of a good break from learning about secured transactions, which is maybe the least interesting topic in the world. So uh, happy to be here. Yeah, and you're almost done with it. So uh, good luck on your text next week. I, I know all, all of our listeners are, are surely wishing you the same. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, you want to tweet at me and give me advice about how to take the bar? I always appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> um, on uh, like podcast-related news, so that all of our listeners know, we are, are kind of migrating over to the SB Nation platform now. Um, we've been independent since kind of uh, Stephen Pepper and I brought the blog back, or the not the blog, but the podcast back, I guess, over two years ago now. Um, so we're not still 100% sure how that's going to impact things. Uh, it shouldn't change it for any of our listeners. Um, you should still be able to get the podcast anywhere you did before. Um, the only problem will be if you were a SoundCloud subscriber, you will now have to subscribe um, in a different way to get migrated over. Um, but let us know if there are any problems. If you guys aren't able to see our episodes anymore, um, feel free to reach out anytime to myself on Twitter at Stringham A. Um, that, that's, that, that's the only business I really have to kind of discuss here. Greg, yeah, and it's <laughs> ads now, right? So we're like, we're official now. Yeah, yeah, we're legit now. There will be occasional ads in the podcast. It should not be overly uh, distressing here. So um, I, I, I'm, I'm not too worried about it. I hope our listeners aren't either. But um, we're actually back today to finally start doing more rink wraps. I know you're pretty pumped for it, Greg. Yeah, I, yeah, I am. I know that we have taken um, over a month off. Like, um, I think the last rink wraps episode I'm seeing that we did was June 4th. So uh, I, I know we've recorded twice since then kind of talking about the free agency stuff. So uh, but it's kind of nice to kind of get back at a schedule and, uh, you know, start talking about what are, I think, a pretty interesting group of players that we have on tap for today. Yeah, there. I mean, there. Were, we we left such a field open, so that way we were just waiting for the Capitals to get rid of some of them, so we didn't have to talk about them. So really, this was just good planning on our parts. Yes, uh, exactly. That was a hundred percent the plan. <laughs> yeah, uh, John Press was giving us a hard time for going, trying to go back to back years without finishing the rink wraps. So, uh, yes. you know, making that an annual tradition, but. I think I th- hopefully we'll actually get through them this time. Um, I think we got it. I think we got it in us. I'm ready. Well, all right. If you got it in you, we're, I'm, ca- I'm, I'm ready to go. Yeah, I'm counting on you. All right. So, so let's start with uh, a guy that I think will be interesting because we might have different feelings on, and that's Braden Holtby. Obviously, he's entering the last year of his contract and coming off of a year that was not quite as good. Um, at, well, his regular season was was statistically better than his 17-18 regular season. But his playoff performance was pretty underwhelming, uh, especially in Game 7 against Carolina. 
So I guess uh, I'll just turn it over to you there and, and let you kind of give me your thoughts on Braden Holpe. Yeah, I mean, so I think if you look at his uh, kind of year stats, uh, and I, I wrote the rink wrap on Braden Holpe. There was there was some interesting stuff going on with Holpe. Um, first off, I think it's it's easy to remember kind of in the glow of the cup run from last year, but Braden Holpe in the, in the regular season um, in 17-18 wasn't great. Like, a lot of his stats went backwards. There was also a lot of kind of reporting that he was frustrated with the defense then. Um, you know, and obviously, you know, put him in game three, and then it kind of worked out from there. But, you know, I think if you look at just the regular season from 18-19, there was improvement. You know, like the saves were up. Uh, he was better in high danger chances. He, you know, the the goals against was down, you know. And so I think that that was good. The, the, the kind of concern that I have is, you know, he had that three-year run from 2014-15 to 2016-17 um, where he won a Vezina once, arguably should have won another one, and then was also spectacular. So, you know, and 2018-19, they didn't reach those heights. So, you know, I think I've, we're kind of at a bit of an interesting crossroads with Braden Holpe about, you know, is this kind of the goal, is last year the goalie that he is at this point? You know, and obviously that goalie is still a lot of value. You know, Braden Holpe is, you know, aside from Game 7 last year, is kind of notoriously excellent in the playoffs. Um, you know, again, wasn't great last year, but I don't think, you know, I mean, he had a 914 in the playoffs last year. So, you know, it wasn't, he wasn't atrocious by any stretch. And in game five, they thought he was quite good. Um, so, you know, I think, I think it depends on what your baseline is for Braden Holby. Is your baseline that, you know, he's this Vezina caliber goalie from, you know, 14, 15 on, is that, is that what he is? Or is he what he was last year, you know, which is still a above average goalie, but not, you know, a, probably a top five goalie, more of kind of in that five to 10 range. So I think that, you know, that's, that's kind of where I'm at with Braden Holpe, but I'm curious kind of what your thoughts are, Adam. Uh, you know, I, I've always kind of had a mixed bag of emotions about Braden Holpe and kind of his play. Um, there were times years ago where I thought the team was actually playing pretty good defense and he was letting them down. And, you know, specifically last year, 17 or two years ago, 17, 18, um, and, and just kind of, in general, I felt like his his playoff numbers have always looked inflated to me. Um, you know, there have been years where he's been really, really good in the playoffs, but you know, just just some game sevens that were just, in my mind, were not good. Um, you know, even though, and uh, I, I know John goes, you know, says Adam, they won. It doesn't matter. In uh, the year that the Caps played the Islanders in the first round in Game Seven, I think the Capitals gave up some like twelve shots. And, yeah, oh, and I hope he had that really atrocious, atrocious goal. I mean, the Islanders basically didn't have a single scoring chance the whole game. I yeah. mean, it, it was probably the most one-sided well, game I've like ever seen. It, it was kind of on the it same level of amazing Kuznetsov goal, though. So you got to get credit. <laughs> yeah, <for> that's <laughs> true. But it, but it was kind of like on a level with the game six game against Pittsburgh and or against uh, against Tampa in, in seventeen eighteen in terms of just the overall quality of uh, how the team played. Yeah. Um, and I kind of thought the same thing. I mean, Game 7, the Capitals pretty much had it in the bag against Carolina last year. Um, I mean, they they were up by two goals, comfortable on a power play, um, with a chance to really put the game to bed. They do give up a bad shorthanded chance. But, I mean, like, Hopi, like, bench-pressed himself, or, like, did yeah, a push-up to get himself off the ice. I mean, yeah. like, it, and then he gave the atrocious goal to, to Jordan Stahl to tie the game in the beginning of the third period. I mean... 
It, but, I mean, it, it, all that said, Hope is still a great goaltender. It's just, he's he's 29, 30 years old. I, I mean, the Capitals, ha- in my mind, there's no way they should bring him back. Um, oh, yeah. The money is just not going to make sense. Um, Ho- Hopi did what everyone hoped he would do. He brought the Stanley Cup to DC. He made the save, um, and, and really well, had, had legitimately great at times in that run too. And was yeah. very consistent in that run. You know, yes, he was very consistent in that run. Like Hopi did not like throw up any stinkers really in, in that whole thing. I mean, I thought he got outplayed by Vasilevsky in. Um, really the, the beginning of the Tampa series. I mean, not including the first two games, so I guess that would be games three, four, and five. Um, but he really got it together. Uh, he had back-to-back and also shutouts. And getting, getting outplayed by Vass. I mean, he's a spectacular goal. Yes, yeah, for sure. Um, but, I mean, Hope he's, I know. You know, he, I, he's I what he is. It's, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I think it's going to be interesting to see next year about because there's just a lot up in the air. Like, I, I mean, I agree with you, as I think I said last podcast, that I, you know, I just, I don't see how the numbers work in terms of bringing Braden Holtby back. But at the same time, you know, if, if um, Samsonov doesn't take a step forward, which could happen, you know, it's not, that's not crazy, then I, you know, I don't really know exactly what the other plan is there. You know, it, I know that there's some, a couple of other goalies in Hershey, but, you know, I don't know exactly what the thinking is there too so I you know I think it's going to be kind of interesting to see not just Holpe next year but if Samson uh, comes up you know kind of seeing what he can do and how that would work um yeah I, I agree I mean Samsonov is supposed to be the goalie of the future or at least that's that's still my thought on it and um the Capitals have been a goaltending factory for the last uh, 15 years almost now. Yeah. I mean, you got Holpe, Varlamov, Neuvert, um, Grubauer. I mean, just, just great kind of products of that goaltending system. So, um, it, yeah, Grubauer's really turned into something else, hasn't he? Yes. Yes. Grubauer is, is a very solid goaltender and I think he will continue to be, even though he did start pretty slow in Colorado. Um, yeah. but, but he really turned, like kind of put it together as the season went on. Um, so that being said, I mean, I, I think this is going to be Hopi's last season in Washington, um, and yeah. I think he'll play. He'll play just fine, and uh, he, he's 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 never really thrown up a real stinker of a season, uh, except for the seventeen eighteen regular season, I guess. <laughs> except for except for the year before last year, but uh... yeah, but that's one. That's one. That's one stinker. Uh, and I mean, he was very good. I think it's um, years where the Caps were bad. Like, I mean, I'm thinking of the the second Oats year. Where he was, I thought, very good, and the team in front of him was not. So, you know, I give him credit for that, too. Yeah, if, if, if Hopi had been worse, maybe the Capitals would have William Nylander instead of Jacob Vrana. So, way to yeah. go, Hopi. You really messed up on that one, too. Man, you're, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just, he's just not a team player, all right? That's all I can say. Uh, um, all right, what do, you, what do you rate him, Adam? I actually give him a four, I think, for this year. Four. Uh, I'm going to give him a... Well, all right. So this is about ex- again, I always struggle with this. It's about expectation like I don't know. I mean, I think last year was like pretty much what I expected, so I guess I give him a 5. Last year was what you expect? Oh, 1718 or 1819. I was like last yeah, year. Yeah. I'm still thinking. I'm like, no, uh, no. no. what do you mean that was what you expected? Yeah. All right. So the average vote is like between a 6 and a 7. Yeah. So So we're again pretty pessimistic. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Some things don't change, I guess. Um all right, let's see. Let's 
if you got any thoughts on Dmitry Yaskin, I, I I don't. I'm ready to move on. So it's up to you. Yeah. Um. They they should have played him more. They did not, and uh, he's going to hopefully find another team. That those are my thoughts on Dmitry Yaskin. Uh, the Capitals traded for Nick Jensen at the trade deadline, and he looked okay. I'd say he wasn't wasn't great. He wasn't uh, Kempney esque. It, it didn't quite do the same thing for the blue line as the previous season's acquisition did. And it's pretty clear that um, GMBM uh, Brian McClellan kind of thought the same thing about bringing Jensen in as he did about Kempney. He gave him basically the same exact contract. And, uh, you know, so Jensen should be here for a while. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see how he factors into the Capitals' long-term plans. So what are your thoughts, kind of, Greg, on Jensen's first short stint with the Capitals? Yeah, I mean, I when he the first, I would say, five to six games, really, before the Kempney injury, I thought he was great. I thought he looked great. I think one of the things that is interesting with yet, with Jensen is, because I actually got to see him in Detroit a couple of times before he got traded, was... He's very kind of creative in how he gets the puck up the ice. Um, you know, he's he's a guy that is has really one elite elite skill, which is getting the puck out of the defensive zone and moving up, like moving up the ice. Like he's really really good at finding ways to do that. Now, I think after the Kempney injury, things kind of just were turbulent in general on the blue line and so because I mean it was tough to like figure out exactly who John Carlson's partner was you know I mean Reardon wanted to keep um Niskanen and Orlov together which kind of just threw all of the other pairs in a blender and so I think it's tough with Jensen I mean he comes in only plays 20 games in the regular season you know is and and through like really 15 of those there's like the team is still trying to figure out exactly how to deal with a major blue line injury so you know, I think it's I almost want to give him like an incomplete as as my thought, you know, with being that all of his underlying stats look great. And, you know, he looked great, I thought, in Detroit, too. So I, I'm almost willing to kind of give last year a bit of a pass. Like, he, I don't think he looked great in the playoffs, you know, and really after the Kempney injury, I don't think he looked all that great either. But I, I think I'm willing I really want to give him another look. And obviously, um, Brian McClellan feels the same way with the with the extension. So. I'm kind, that's kind of where I'm at. I don't know where you are at exactly. No, I, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat. I mean, he's just kind of. Although at this point to me, he's just a pretty meh guy, right? I mean, you you kind of yeah. look at, at where he's considered to be valuable, and it's in the defensive end. He's not he's not going to kind of push the pace offensively. He's uh, supposed to be a pretty reliable defensive guy, so uh, it's not the type of player that that like draws your eye. Um, you know, it, when he's playing well, he'll be making like nice exit passes, and that, that's all stuff that um, you'll notice if it kind of leads to a goal. But unless you're like mm-hmm. you're really trying to analyze someone's play, you're probably not gonna uh, view it as much unless they make a, a mistake on an exit, right? Like how how much yeah. just casually watching would you see that? So, um, y- you know, I, I think it'll be interesting to kind of see how he does. I mean, the Capitals, as you said, clearly uh, think highly of him. Um, I'm trying to remember the exact timing of the contract extension but but was it, it was like pretty immediate- close after that trade yeah was it like immediately after i'm trying to remember what the- it was something within like a week or two i think i i think it might have even been no it was the same day it was actually oh, wow. it, it, yeah it was the same day that was um so they gave him the extension before they had ever seen him on the ice in a caps uniform so um there was really no <laughs> doubt in their mind so yeah. Um, um yeah you know and i think that he's a guy that like i said the underlying metrics like freaking love him so 
I, you know, I, I think I'm willing to like, I want to see him have a bit better or bigger of a look next year. Um, and it seems like they're going to probably play him with another guy we're about to talk about on the rink wraps, uh, Dimitri Orlov. And so I'm going to be kind of curious to see how that pair works, um, you know, because I think Orlov is going to be a better and more elite talent than Jensen's played with in a while. And so it'll be interesting to kind of see how Jensen looks playing with someone like of that caliber. Yeah, it's definitely going to be kind of a, a different look for him. And, and I think the kind of way the whole defense uh, shakes out after training camp is going to be something for us to kind of uh, keep our fingers on to really try to get a pulse of what's going on with um, the team's defenses is there really is some competition there for the bottom of the, for the bottom pairing there. Yeah. Um, let's, let's talk about the kind of the guy who, well, I'll, I guess I should let you give, give him a grade. Well, what do you, what are you thinking for, uh, for Jensen? I, I don't know. Uh, I was really high when he came to DC and I, cause I loved that trade and, uh, you know, I, I thought he was great at start and then kind of tapered off pretty significantly towards the end. I'm leaning towards like a, like a, man, like a, I guess a six maybe. That's kind of where I'm at. I think uh, I gave I him know, a five. I gave him a five. He, he was okay. He was as expected for me. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a bit lower than. I mean, I think our fans, yeah, were basically yeah. between a five and a seven, like somewhere around there. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, so that we are again kind of on, on the low end here, but it is what it is. Let's talk a little bit about the guy who the Capitals were trying to duplicate in the Jensen deal, and that's Michael Kempney. Um, he was having a yeah. great year. I mean, in my mind, he was having probably he and John Carlson together were having the best seasons um, on the Capitals' back end until he went out with an unfortunate lower body injury. Um, what were your kind of thoughts on Kempney and? Uh, his year he ruled I mean he was great um he and he he was someone that I was interested kind of going into net going into last year because obviously they trade him and he you know is great in the cup run but you know let's see like you know how he looks over a whole season and everything like that but I mean he was great and I you know Carlson um had I think it was like in terms of and I know we're 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 still kind of divided on war, like what wins above replacement for hockey. But Carlson had one of the top war seasons, and you know, of all defensemen in the NHL. And you know, I think you have to give a lot of credit to Kempney there. I mean, he is a very steady, very reliable. He's a great skater. He you know always seems to kind of be in a good position. Um, particularly, it kind of allows Carlson to take chances when he wants to. And uh, there just seems to be a ton of chemistry there. And He's, again, a guy that, you know, and I think it's true with a lot of blue liners that, you know, you, you notice it more if he screws up. But he is, like, really just, I think was consistently excellent all year. You know, I, I think you're kind of in a similar boat of where I am. Exactly right. I mean, I, I thought he had a fantastic season and uh, kind of the turning point for uh, my expectations for the playoffs kind of changing was the company injury. I think uh, the Capitals defense looked reasonable they were rounding into a strong form uh they had they were kind of in the midst of those uh end of regular season series against tampa bay i felt like the capitals played them what like three times in the last month um they were easy against them yeah they well even the games the capitals lost were very good very competitive and tampa was kind of the prohibitive favorite to win the whole thing um of course we we know they Got swept but, in the first but, round, but sure. but regardless, Washington was looking like a team that really had a chance to win, mm-hmm. um, and, then, and then kind of things changed. I, I believe it was actually in a Tampa game that he got. Yes, that in- it was. He, it was in that game at home where I think the 
Caps like set a franchise record for shots on goal or something like that. They, I think, like threw was like fifty plus shots against a great Tampa team. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that stung. Yeah, I mean, it definitely did, and you could tell Tampa was frustrated. And next yeah. thing you know, Kempney's down on the ice with a torn hamstring. So, um, I mean, I, yeah. I thought he was great. I, I I'd give him like probably a seven or an eight. I yeah, I was gonna say I'm I'm solidly at an eight. Like I because I didn't really know what to expect last year and he was awesome so i I'm, I'm at an eight and i'm to the point where i actually you know i mean with losing orpic and you know um niskin and i'm i'm curious to see if maybe they might give him some penalty kill time and see like what he can do there you know uh because I, I think he again is someone that you know is better at that kind of little stuff than you think he'd be you know and it was he's just really impressive yeah i mean i'm definitely a little bit concerned that he's not going to come back the same quality of player um, you know, you talk about kind of how Eric Carlson, as great as he is, is not the same guy he was prior to the Achilles tendon rupture. Yeah. Uh, this is like your hamstrings. So that's even, it's, a lot, it's harder to, to rupture, harder to tear generally. I mean, I don't know enough about like kind of how bad Kempney's tear was. Um, you know, I don't, I don't even it's know. Bad. I mean, like they, I mean, obviously, you know, he's head surgery and is skating now and everything, but I, you know, I mean, it's what I would say is it's a good thing the Caps have some defensive depth because they it might be a little touch and go to start the year. I think with him, it just it, it's going to be hard to get back like from that injury and and not kind of lose some of your you know ability to perform at, at your at, at your peak. So it will be definitely tough to see. But let's let's move on to talk about another guy who kind of. Um, was coming down off of a peak, and that's Evgeny Kuznetsov. He was kind yeah. of the Capitals, arguably their best their best uh, player in the playoffs in 17-18. Um, he and Ovechkin were both dominant, and Kuznetsov was kind of single-handedly taking over games and scored, of course, like one of the most important goals in Caps history being his series-clinching overtime uh, goal against Pittsburgh. Still feels good to say, doesn't it? It does feel good. It does feel good. Um and he just kind of followed up a 32-point and 24-game playoffs with 51 points and 76 games in the regular season. And that was definitely just kind of brutal. He just didn't, in my mind, he, he started the year really well. And yeah. he, he had some injury issues pretty early in the season. And after that, he never, to me, looked like the same player. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's a tough guy to get a read on. Uh, he is definitely a world-class talent. And I, you know, I don't think anyone would doubt that. And at the same time, you know, there's been a lot of mixed quotes about kind of his consistent effort level. And to some extent, I get it because, look, no one wants to be playing these grunt games in the middle of February, you know, and I think he's someone that really doesn't get up for those games. Um, but at the same time, you know, like, I mean, they're paying him a lot of money and, I, you know, he the effort just wasn't there from night to night, and, and I thought he was a little better in the playoffs, but wasn't anywhere near where he was last year. And you know, I think I, I looked. I'm I'm really hoping that he has a bit of a bounce back year because I think that even he knew that the team what it just the effort level wasn't there. And also another stat that's useful with Kuznetsov is he was um, he gave up the single most high danger chances in the NHL like among forwards by a lot. Like it. The next closest was line mate Alex Ovechkin. So it's not, you know, it's not just him, but he was awful defensively. And he has got to, there's got to be, there has to be a better way forward, you know. And I think 
it's going to be interesting to see who they play him with. Do they keep, you know, the Ovi Kuzi and Wilson line together? Like, how is that going to work? But I, it all starts with Evgeny Kuznetsov. It all starts about is just the effort level there for him night to night. Yeah, Kuznetsov is going to be really relied upon to, to carry this team moving forward. I mean, Ovechkin is, is still, you know, despite how great he's been and, and kind of defied the aging curve so far, I mean, it, he is going to slow down. I mean, his his foot speed isn't quite as good as it used to be or anything like that, but Kuznetsov has to be really the best player on this team moving forward. Yeah. Um, and, and he wasn't last year, and that's uh, a bit concerning. Uh, it, it's going to be a tough challenge for him. I mean, he's going to be the guy. Um, he still has got those dy- dynamic moments where he's just by far better than anybody else um, on the ice. I thought he was really interesting to, to watch on the PK when Tom Wilson was out um, yeah, with his I suspension. Like that, actually, I, and you know what? It's like a strange idea to put Kuznetsov on the PK, but I feel like it kind of actually helped him a lot. You know, and it was because it, it gave him like a clear purpose of like you need to do this and then this and then get it out. You know, and I think it kind of gave a direction to his game that at times I feel like was lacking last year. I kind of like just. He made the penalty make made me feel like the Capitals' penalty kill was a threat to do something uh, was a threat to score. I mean, yeah. I thought. I mean, he he really does well with that extra ice, even if it is shorthanded, um, and he can like single handedly take an extra fifteen twenty seconds off the clock. So puck handling her out, you know. Exactly right. Exactly right. Some now one out of twenty times that might end up biting you in the ass, but uh, most of the time it definitely will be okay. Um, yeah. I think it's also an interesting rethink about what we think about penalty killers, right? Like, I think that, you know, you have your classic, like, oh, we need to, the Jay Beagle, we need to get the puck and, you know, get it off the ice immediately and you can't stick handle it ever, you know, and yada, yada. And I, you know, I think Kuznetsov is an interesting player because I don't know if that's, if the kind of, you know, routine fourth line player is, is the ideal penalty killer anymore. And I think, you know, is Kuznetsov your ideal penalty killer? Probably not, but I, you know, I think that there's an interesting story to be told there about, you know, is this kind of the new way to think about the penalty kill? Uh, I always, I was a big fan back in the day of uh, when Alexander Semin was on the penalty kill as well. I, I just oh, yeah, thought, that was hilarious. <laughs> well, well, it just adds a different wrinkle. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's a guy that that that's got foot speed, can create space, and Semin used to be good at, you know, his stick lifts before it became a penalty every single time he did it. So. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was it was tough for him to PK too much because he was usually the one in the penalty box. <laughs> later in in his yeah. tenure in Washington, that's definitely that's, the case. Yeah. Um, I, I'd probably give Kuznetsov either three or a four. I yeah, thought he had that's a... kind of where I'm at. Um, I I'm actually I'll be a little more pessimistic in the news time. I'm going to give him a three. Like I, he just wasn't where he needed to be. And again, when you give up the single most high danger chances at like per sixty in the NHL, that's really bad, and that can't happen again. So I'm I'm at a three. Yeah. Yeah, that 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 sounds fair. All yeah. that being said, he's still, you know, tallied a, a decent, decent, decent number of points and should should be in good shape. Kind of, well, I expect him to be in good shape going forward. I, you um, know, yeah, I hope last year was a wake up call. You know, because it, it sounds like kind of from what I've been reading that it might have been. So, you know, I mean, they're gonna they're gonna need to rely on him, and they're gonna he they're only gonna go so far as if Genikuznetsov takes him. So uh, we'll see what happens next year with that. Yeah, and just to clarify, because I think I might have read assists earlier, he had 83 points in 79 games in 17-18, 72 points in 76 games in 18-19. So uh, definitely a bit of a drop-off there. But not he's still hovering close to a point a game. 
Yep. Um, Only 13 goals at even strength, though. So that I hope that goes up. Yeah, but I mean, you can go down and look at his primary points per hour, and he's still very, very That's solidly in in that middle of the first uh, first line. That's definitely true. That's but definitely true. you know, he actually he, took more shots uh, last year that or um, in 1819 than 1718. So that's good I, too. I mean, you could remember all the articles that came out at the beginning of the year on the Washington Post about Kuznetsov shooting a lot more. I mean, there was a lot there prior to the injury about kind of yeah. how he had elevated his game. So, yeah. um, something to keep an eye out for. I mean, I, I really hope, think the injury dynamic played into it, but we'll see. I've been yeah. I've been wrong about that sort of stuff in the past. Um, so let's take a quick break here for our first kind of ever mid podcast ad. Okay, and we are back here. It is um, time to talk about a guy that you kind of hinted about earlier, Greg. That is Dmitry Orlov. So why don't you just take it away? Yeah, so, I mean, Orlov, the big question, and this is another rink wrap that I wrote because I, I find Orlov fascinating, which is that Orlov, when he was not playing with Matt Niskanen, was pretty good. He wasn't great, and he still gave up more high-danger chances than he'd like. And, you know, but at the same time, he was much better. Um so I think last year, his stats pretty much across the board took a hit. Um, and, I mean, he played in 82 games again, which is great. And, you know, 29 points is, is fine for a defenseman, but really wasn't kind of, you know, in general, that lot, him, that pairing of him and Niskanen wasn't great. And, you know, I think it led to the, the trade of Niskanen. So, you know, I'm going to be really interested to see how Orlov deals with a new D pair because it's been a while now. He's been playing with Niskin, and I think for Adam, you can correct me, I think the better part of like two, three years at this point, you know, and so it'll be interesting. And I think it's kind of needed to get some fresh blood in there and kind of see what Orlov can do. I still think of Orlov as an elite talent and someone who, you know, yeah, like he isn't going to put up as many points as I would like with that shot that he has, but. At the same time, I you know I still see a really good talent, a very reasonable contract still for that DC signed with him, and you know I I still think he has maybe not top pair def- potential, but like you know really solid second pair potential. And the caveat being that you know last year he didn't show that, and we're gonna need to see what he's like with in all likelihood Jensen. So that's kind of where I'm at, like. Last year was a step back, but I don't know how much of it was attributable to Niskanen and not. So we're going to need to see kind of what he looks like early next year. Yeah, I got to agree. I mean, visually looking at it to me, it, it did look like Niskanen was kind of the bigger drag on that on that pairing. Yeah. Um, and, and kind of Niskanen had started to kind of look not as good. Um, I, I don't know. I just thought Niskanen had an awful year. I, I thought that he was kind of dragging Orlov down. Orlov definitely made some mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, 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 I really was, like, I mean, he is still like the guy that gets burned a lot. Like, I mean, there was, I think last year there was, uh, he gets victimized by a lot for a lot of high rise yeah. goals against, uh, Eichel. I remember last year had this gorgeous goal. Like, he's also Jack Eichel. So he's really good. But, um, you know, he really like victimized Orlov and that, that does happen a couple of times, but a lot of that is because Orlov's aggressive on the puck and I'll, I'll take that trade off more often than not. Yeah, I mean he'll he'll play the puck and a guy, a guy will just kind of walk it between his legs every now and again. It happens to Orlov more than I'd say any other defenseman on the team, but he still has you know he makes up for it. Um, yeah, and it's it, it's probably part of it happens more often because of his skill set. What 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 makes him more valuable in other areas because he's more aggressive on the puck. Yeah, um, for sure. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, even with kind of his struggles, he still was not like an awful war player. Um, if you no, will. he wasn't actually, and it was interesting because normally, you know, you see D pairs get weighed down together or off together, but his war was significantly higher. That I think Niskanen was negative, and Orlov, I think it was like a one or a two, something around there. So. You know, they they did, you know, I think weigh it pretty correctly, at least, because I do think Orlov was the 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 lesser problem than Niskanen on that pair. Yeah, I, I agree 100 um, percent. I'd still going to give Orlov about a four. Yeah. Yeah, I agreed. I mean, he wasn't as good. Um, I, I, I think I'm also at a four and a four but at the same time i you know i could easily see him having a pretty big turnaround next year because i do like the idea of putting him with jensen so let's see how that looks but yeah last year wasn't where you would have hoped for orlov yeah um let's let's kind of move on here to talk very briefly uh, about brooks orpic we already talked about him with kevin on the podcast yeah um last time um, just kind of very quick thoughts on kind of Orpic's last season uh, in the NHL, and um, really, really, that's it. Hey, man, he won a cup. Like that was great. I think there's stuff in the room that he did that we will never know. That you know, I think was helpful. Um, you know, yeah. I mean, and he wasn't as much of a drag as I thought he would be. I think the bigger problem was kind of the ramifications of having to play Brooks Orpic as much as they did, kind of down the lineup a little, but. I mean, hey, he aged a lot more gracefully than I thought he would, so give him credit for that. Uh, I, I don't know if it was age or what, but I actually thought Orpic was better on the ice this year than he was in maybe any of the uh, any of his other seasons in a Capitals uniform. Uh, yeah, which, how was that? Po- well, I guess aside from the year that he played with Nate Schmidt. Yes, I mean he, he played a lot less ice time too. It might have been part of it. Um, you know that. Yeah. We, after he retired, we heard about like how much pain he was in all the time. Yeah. Um, just, he, he just, he played better in my, you know, his, yeah. <laughs> from an advanced stats pe- uh, perspective, I think it was kind of without a doubt his best year. Um, maybe not in terms of shots, but in terms of kind of war and that sort of stuff. And um, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, so. We're talking about a player who has scored two um, playoff or uh, what was I say game winning playoff goals, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> including one in double or was it single or double overtime against the Canes? I forget, but he he has more overtime game winning playoff goals than Alexander Ovechkin. So. so there you go. I can I can think of no better tribute to Brooks Orpik than that stat. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, so I guess we're we're thankful for Orpik's time here. Uh, I'd say without a doubt the trade worked out or not the trade the signing worked out a lot better than I thought it would when the Capitals made it all those years ago. So yeah. um, he's a ten in my heart. <laughs> I'll give him a six for his performance on the right. ice, but that, that <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know he he played well. T.J. Oshie yeah. is next. He is a guy who just I really don't have a great read on how his season went. Um, to me, it, the the biggest thing was I I felt like he wasn't as big of a threat on the power play as he was before. He still he he still had six power play goals. In 69 games versus nine in 74 and 17, 18, but I, I just the power play felt really anemic in the second half to me. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah, he, yeah, he's a tough guy because I mean, and again, a player that was great in the playoff run last year or the, two years ago now. Like I mean, and kind of a good heart and soul guy. Um, you know, he's 
he has a really interesting skill set. I think in terms of probably has the best hand still on the team. But I mean, the the other thing that is kind of the the big you know question for him is, I mean, got injured again. You know, he's always someone that plays a lot bigger than his size and. I mean, it's great when it works, but he gets hurt a lot. So, you know, that's the trade. So, I, you know, you hope that uh, – what was it? A broken collarbone or something like that last year, I think, that, that knocked him out. I, I forget. I know it was something upper body. But, uh, you know, let's let's see how he comes back. But, uh, you know, I mean, he's been good. I, You know, I, I, I kind of hope that I see him more in a third-line role next year maybe. Like, I mean – it seems like he's probably slotted for the second second line at least at the start. But, you know, he's someone that – I hope he's going to age gracefully any better because I think the Caps still have him for a bit longer. So in a contract that I don't really like very much, but um, you know, we'll see. Like he's uh, he's definitely kind of another heart and soul guy. You know, he's someone that you know I think is great in the community and stuff like that. But you know, on the ice, I think it can kind of go either way. You know, elite talent. You know, maybe makes okay decisions, but isn't perfect in any stretch there. So you know, I'm kind of I'm kind of up in the air a little on Oshie. I don't know what your thoughts are. Uh, I think I'm just a bit concerned with the repeated concussion problems. Um, yes. I feel like his, like he's one of those guys when he comes back, uh, it's like visible that like it, there's been a problem. Like he had the concussion issues early uh, in the season, mm-hmm. um, and then his season did his postseason ended due to a broken collarbone. Um, yeah. So it's just kind of been really a rough go for the guy, and you gotta. I mean, I, I'm just a bit concerned for kind of his longevity. It, it, for the capitals, like health, you know, uh, yeah, and, and long term health as well. I mean, it's it's just he seems like he's one of those guys who just gets repeatedly hit in the head, and he just it and gets these concussions. So definitely some concern there. Um, and he, the way he plays, like, kind of invites that a little. You know, I mean, he's not a huge guy by any stretch, but you know, he consistently just kind of like goes into corners and wins battles and you know things like that. But you know, the other big question I'm going to have is, I mean, we have a lot of guys for the Caps now who are in their kind of early 30s. And I think Oshie's one you can already tell he started to slow down a little bit, too. So how is his game going to age when he continues to, like, lose some of his, you know, skating ability? So I don't know. I think you can paint a picture that he's going to age okay because, I mean, he plays in the front of the power play, which is a great area to be, and it scores a lot of goals. Um, and he's also an excellent stick handler, but... You know, someone that kind of loses their skating ability, it can hurt offensively in ways that are kind of unpredictable. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how he ages and how that kind of works. And, you know, is his aging going to be as graceful as an Ovechkin or a Backstrom? Probably not, but I don't really know how that's going to work. So that's another thing to kind of look out for. Yeah, I definitely have Oshin kind of a tier, a pretty solid tier beneath those two guys in terms of uh, kind of impact i guess or, or skill well, level I mean, two hall of fame, probably hall of famer <laughs> yeah no no yeah. no shame in that but yeah I no agree. yeah so you know i mean it is important though his production was still good last year i mean he still put up 25 goals and 29 assists in 69 games so um just kind of a a bit of a going concern here with, with him will be how his health plays out um and, and really how that affects the capitals and their salary cap position as well in addition yeah. to, you know, of course, our concern about the players' long-term well-being. <clears throat> yes. Um, so let's... All else, of course. Yes, of course. Um, let's follow Oshi. Oh, I guess we should do the score thing. Man, I'm, like, jumping around here. Let's give him... Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm giving him, like, a five. 
yeah, that's kind of roughly where I'm at at five. What did the fans do? Let's see. Oh, they were higher than we were. Yeah, they were. It looks like seven was the average score. Yeah, I think maybe some playoff bias. You know, I mean, there was that great moment in game five where there was the Oshi chance and stuff like that. You know, maybe influence. I don't know. Like, I mean, it wasn't bad. So maybe maybe a seven's not crazy. I don't know. Yeah, it, 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 it's tough to tell. Let's let's move on and talk about kind of the Capitals, um, you know, the cornerstone of the franchise, the captain that led them kind of back to relevance. Um, you know, the, the the best player in NHL goal scoring history in my in my mind, uh, Alexander Ovechkin, who continues to amaze, um, putting up fifty one goals in eighty one games last year. Yeah, um, really, just just incredible how he continues to produce um, as, as his body gets older. Yeah, I mean, again, like, I mean, the guy has missed one regular season game in the last three years, given the way that he plays. That's unbelievable. Um, he, I, you know, it's it kind of just defies words at this point. I, I mean, he is someone that has really, it, it's, it's tough to do, like, shown how you can age gracefully and kind of change your game in a lot of ways. He's Definitely not the kind of player he was when he was younger in terms of like trying to skate up the ice all the time and do a million things. He's definitely kind of figure out ways to kind of get in the soft spots of defenses and, you know, unleash his devastating shot. Uh, And I think a lot of players can learn from, you know, Ovechkin and how he's kind of learned to develop and, and age his game really nicely. You know, I think he's just continues to be a marvel. You know, he seemingly just never gets tired either, which is amazing. Uh, I mean, he's going to China again, uh, or going to China on this ambassador trip, which is yet another thing that he keeps doing. And I mean, there's something to the fact that he's just the face. He's been the face of the franchise ever since he's came. And, you know, I think we all now just have an appreciation that we're watching maybe one of the top 10, 20 greatest players to ever play. And I, you know, it's, I just you know, every time I watch the Capitals, I always try to tell myself how lucky I am to root for a team where Alex Ovechkin plays because he is, by all accounts, a great teammate, a great player, and just so much fun to watch. So that's that's my thoughts on Ovechkin. He's pretty good. <laughs> oh yeah, he's great. Um, and this was his best offensive year in terms of raw point totals, uh, his best year since two thousand nine, two thousand ten. So, yeah. um, and that's. that's Back-to-back years where he's been above 85 points. That's um, bonkers, by the way, right? Like, how is that possible? Yeah, it, I mean, he's just been kind of on a tear, especially these last two years. He came back after a very, um, must have been a very taxing offseason on his body last year, and it yeah. just kind of, um, can not even home. tell. Yeah, he. I mean, he played great, and he was good again in the playoffs this year, tallying nine points in seven games. I mean, there there really is not a, a lot in my mind to say kind of bad about Ovi's year. Um, he had a bad uh, goals against kind of statistics, but it's really hard in my mind to, to put that on him. Um, yeah. I, I mean, he, he he looked very involved defensively, especially early in the year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And again, just like he continues to just find ways to develop his game. And I think one thing I'm going to be interested in is um, as the, as the kind of, we watch like what the NBA is doing in terms of load management and playing their, you know, best players less and trying to keep them fresh. I'm interested to kind of see if the caps start thinking about how to do that with Ovechkin a little bit more. He, 
you know, plays a lot. And they already did this at the with the All-Star game last year of, you know, saying, look, let's give him that week off, like, you know, kind of see what we can do. So I'm curious if they're going to do that again, you know, and I'm wondering, like, maybe the Capitals start figuring out a way to, you know, figure out a kind of way to manage his load a little bit. Because, I mean, he is 33 now, you know, and he played, I think, more minutes per game last year than really oh wow it's a while um since 2012-13 he skated more minutes a night than on average that in any year since then so I think they're gonna have to figure out a way to kind of minimize that at least a little bit because I mean he can't keep doing this forever right although we say that then he does um but you know I think that that's gonna be something I look out for is there a way that to kind of manage it a little bit more equitably Maybe, but it kind of felt like Trotz overdid that in my mind. Um, That's fair. In a few of his years, uh, Ovi's kind of been like uh, sixteen, seventeen, right? He only put up sixty-nine points in eighty-two games, only thirty-three goals, and the Capitals were only playing him eighteen, twenty-two a game. And I, th- I really do believe that had a negative impact on just kind of how he played. Um, I, I think he's a guy that, that does a lot better when he's getting the ice time. So that's true. Um, Although I will say that's that 16, 17 <clears throat> apps team was really good. So, you know, I think there was, there was, I mean, and they, you know, I think said it had a president's trophy record, so, you know, stuff like that. So it's not, I don't think it's, it was the end of the world there that his points dipped a little, but yeah, I mean, I do think it's fair. He's someone that seems to just get better the more he skates, which is amazing. Yeah. Uh, he, he's, it's going to be a sad day when he's no longer on the team, but uh, I fully expect that he will uh, finish his career in Washington, and uh, it will be a kind of a, a great farewell party whenever that is. But hopefully Ovechkin can lead the Capitals to another uh, crack at the Stanley Cup. Here's open. Yeah, I, I, I give him, I think, like an eight or a nine. Yeah, I'm I'm right in there. I, I The fact that he, again, like, you know, won a Rocket Richard at 32, 233 is unbelievable. So I'm going to give him a nine. Um, No, that that's good. It looks like the average was was right up there in that like kind of nine range. Yeah. Um, The majority, the the plurality voted ten. So which I can't argue with. So we are at 45 minutes of this podcast. So we are going to like unless you've got really quick thoughts on Siegenthaler, DSP, and Chandler Stevenson. I'd like to move on to Jacob Rana. So any, anything on Siegenthaler, I, be, I guess he is important given he's likely to make the Capitals team next year. Yeah, I mean, I think it'll be interesting to see um, what they think of with him and Jews. I mean, they when we're recording, they still haven't gotten the Jews deal done yet. So we both think they will. Um, so that'll matter here a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, Siegenthaler is going to be big. Um, they're probably going to play with Gudis a decent amount. And uh, I think he's important. Um, I think he's. it's going to be interesting to see what he does next year. I, the caveat being I don't have a ton to talk about because he didn't play a ton last year. Um, but again, a better guy than you think. Um, the other two, let me do – I'm going to try to do them in 20 seconds each. Chandler Stevenson should not play en- – this is painful because I actually seems like a nice guy. But Chandler Stevenson just does not produce enough offense to consistently pl- get a lineup spot. And I was kind of baffled that they – that they um, – was I going to say? That we're even going to arbitration with Chandler Stevenson. But – you know, I just don't see the room for him next year. I don't think he's going to be back. And same with DSP, unfortunately. I mean, he heart and soul guy, great in the community, but just wasn't consistent enough and, you know, just isn't going to kind of 
do enough offensively or actually defensively is not great either. Um, you know, again, like was great in the playoffs, but I just don't think is going to be kind of consistent enough to, and it doesn't sound like he's going to come back either. So long live DSP. Yeah. Um, all right. Jacob Vrana. Jacob yeah. Vrana just signed a new deal with the Capitals for a two-year bridge deal at 3.35 AAV. Um, I think this is a good contract for, for both sides here, and I think it will kind of work well um, to kind of literally, you know, a bridge contract, bridge him into his next kind of big deal. Um, I, I know that we talked about this on the the previous podcast McClellan's original plan had kind of been to lock up Vrana long term both sides were interested in that kind of agreement but the salary cap not growing as much as as expected really put a damper on that um so here we are and it's kind of a probably a bit of a shame long term for the caps they weren't able to bet on him now um granted I would have said the same exact thing after the Burakovsky deal the first time so um and, and I would have been wrong on that one um, of course, he, he has suffered all those injuries, but Vrana is consistently grown so far in his NHL career. Um, his speed is really something to behold, and he's just he's an offensive threat Like every time he steps on the ice, yeah. uh, except for in the playoffs where he had zero points in seven games. Yeah, um, but in the regular season, I mean, he had 24 goals in 82 games, and you know he, he could have had a lot more. I mean, he just he puts himself in the right place all the time. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, you can't teach speed, and that's that's what he's got. Oh yeah, he he rules. I mean, he's great. He is consistently, I think, getting better each day. You know, he's someone that, and I think again, we kind of stereotype you know speedy European wingers as people that can't play defense. And you know, he's definitely not someone that you would say is going to be an elite defensive player. But at the same time, he isn't as much of a liability on that side of the ice as you think he'd be. And Again, just as a very dynamic skater on a Caps team that doesn't have a ton of them. And so, again, he is someone that I think he is a he, he's a driver of play very consistently. And I think he plays very well with Backstrom on that second line. And uh, I think at times ne- next year, I think we're going to see top line Vrana. I think, you know, a big turning point in the playoffs a couple of years ago was – you know, in the Pittsburgh series when Trotz finally put Vrana on the top line with Kuznetsov uh, yeah. and Ovi. And, yeah, I mean, Vrana consistently drove play throughout that series and uh, really all playoffs long was just great at it and uh, has just continued to develop and mature as a player. Um, again, you know, take the, you know, off-ice stuff as you will, but at the same time, I mean, Isabel Kershudian is always talking about he's among the last players at practice. You know, he's someone that I think has a consistent desire to get better and – yeah, like I think he's someone that I'm really excited to see what he could do over the next two years. It's I know I talked about this on the podcast a, li- a little earlier, and you hit on it, which is that it's a bummer they couldn't get a long-term deal done. But yeah, once the cap you know, was what it was, I think we all kind of knew that the number was going to be in the low threes. And uh, for him, it's great because you know he can play for two years, and if he keeps it up and keeps getting better, that guy's going to get paid, and as he should, right? Um but at the same time, the Caps, it's a good contract for the Caps, too, because their window is right now, and they have a really good player at a very reasonable cap hit for the next two years. And so that's that's really valuable, too. So uh, I think it kind of worked out for both sides here. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I mean, it's just um, he's, he's a great player to watch, and he's definitely, in my mind, got a bright future ahead of him. Um, his pre- point production rates are, are really, I mean, they're not, I don't know, 
I don't like throwing the word elite around, but they're they're very very solid, um, top tier. So I guess that kind of is elite. But yeah. um, we'll see if this kind of play out. I mean, I'd really like to see him get more time on ice. Right? He's still only played 14 minutes a game last year um, on average, which is just in my mind. I mean, that that's really low. Um, oh, that needs for a guy. Yeah, for a guy a guy of his talent. Um, he did a lot in those minutes, so hopefully he can kind of continue to grow that role. I, I don't think he factors in well on the top line. Um, I, I just don't, especially if that top line is centered by Kuznetsov. Um, but, I, but I do think he'd work well with Backstrom if that was the top line with Ovechkin. Um, I think those three were, were very good in the playoffs in 17-18 uh, and could yeah. be good again. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you do have to think with Vrana about who he's playing with, you know, because I, I, I agree with, I think him and Kuznetsov maybe have a little bit of overlapping skill, you know, and they might not be great together. But yeah, I think putting him with Backstrom or, you know, if, if you have a line that's kind of struggling and needs a little boost of speed, he's always someone that you can kind of put, you know, in various places in the lineup and is effective. So yeah, like you need players like Jakob Vrana and he's, he's amazing. And uh, I'm really excited to kind of see what he does over the next couple of years. Yeah, um, I'm giving him like a seven eight. I, I think he he definitely. I mean, I had expectations that we'd get growth from him, uh, given what we saw both in the playoffs and and kind of really just kind of looking at his raw talent level. Um, but he yeah. definitely exceeded them for me. Yeah, I give him an eight. If he had been great in the playoffs again, I'm I'm closer to a nine. But I think you know, given he had zero points, I, an eight's probably around right. And I think our fans looks like they agree. So we're right on it for once. Um, next up is Tom Wilson, which, uh, you know, if, if Rob, Rob is listening, uh, he was right. And I was wrong. Uh, when we, la- he and I last talked about this, I thought Wilson, the Wilson contract was going to be an unmitigated mistake. Uh, and, and it would be relatively obvious in year one, cause he wasn't going to have any, any real growth in his production. And, and he did end up with a lot of growth. I mean, he put up 22 goals, um, a lot of those did come early, but he just he looked like a great player. He looked like the guy that we saw in the playoffs the year before, um, and that's really all you can really ask for. Yeah. Um, he he he, he looks looks good, which is good. <laughs> yeah, and he and he managed to not get suspended again. Um, I, I know Isabel uh, earlier uh, in the summer tweeted, you know, when the when the preseason schedule came out that there was almost a 0% chance that Tom Wilson would be in the preseason game against St. Louis. So that's definitely a good thing. Um, yes. <laughs> considering he loves to get suspended when he plays them. Um, yeah, maybe although, he should uh, play against the Blues at all. Like, we can just... Uh, well, that. yeah, you'd have to sit the uh, regular season opener, right? I mean, because oh, yeah, I, I believe... Yeah, but, uh, you know, the Capitals, if the Capitals don't win the Cup, they're, they're playing in the other team raising the banner. It certainly feels that way. Yeah. Um, yeah, that'll be a fun game. I'm I'm curious about that. But yeah, I mean, Wilson was was solid and I think he's he's good because he again has a kind of skill set that the Caps don't totally have an abundance of, which is you know, he's a a really good skater for I think the kind of player that he is, you know, which is big, fast and kind of scary. Um, but he has a lot more skill than I think he was given credit for. I think that He's someone that at the start of his career, Oates kind of typecast him as a fourth line player, you know, as someone who is just going to fight all the time. And I think that that really stunted his growth for the first like two to three years in the NHL. And then it really took and I I give Trotz credit for this and I give Reardon some too. It took them realizing that that's not really the kind of player that Tom Wilson can be, that he can be someone who, 
you know, is more of a skill player than you think. And, you know, is going to always have a bit of an edge to him, but is better at, you know, not just hitting people, but, you know, playing defense is great on the power or on the penalty kills, consistently really good there. And, you know, I think he's really developed and grown over the last couple of years. And I give him a ton of credit. And I think that the other thing that is interesting is when he signed that contract, to me, what that told me is that the Caps had a vision for what they wanted him to become that did that wasn't just a fourth line kind of player that it it was a guy who yeah maybe isn't going to carry a first line but you know is someone who could really contribute and be a solid player you know on the first two lines and to his credit he's really developed and become that and uh I think the other thing is in terms of the suspensions um there'd been a lot of reports that he actually met with uh Perios the uh, head of player safety and you know, it seems like he's kind of made some changes under the hood a little bit to the way he's played that has helped make get him kind of avoid the ire of the Department of Player Safety. So let's see if that continues. Uh, all it takes is one slip up before he could be gone for a very long amount of time. So here's hoping he avoids that at all costs. But it does seem like he's grown a lot in that regard. And I think that's important because the Caps need him. Yeah, and... Um... Kind of going back on what you said, I mean, Barry Trotz had definitely kind of penciled. I mean, he had always planned on putting Tom Wilson on the top line. Um, right before like his first season, he was already talking about giving Tom Wilson uh, the spot on the top line with Backstrom and Ovechkin. And uh, Wilson, I believe, broke his ankle during the summer that oh, year. Well, and right. So this was like a long-term plan for the team, and um, they were kind of... Wilson finally was able to stick there in 17-18. Um, he had opportunities, but in years before that, um, and he's kind of now able to, to do stuff with that opportunity. Yeah. Um, you know, his shooting percentage was was, was kind of high last year. It was at seventeen percent. I'd yeah, expect he's not that to go. Yeah. I mean, I would expect it to go down. Uh, hopefully, kind of to at least like eleven percent where he was in seventeen eighteen. But um, it's really going to be tough to tough to know. That's a very high shooting percentage, but um, he also takes a lot of high percentage shots. Just because of where you ask you this, I have a question for you. Um, say the Caps' power play keeps struggling to kind of start the year. Do you look at Do you look at Wilson as maybe a candidate for the Oshi spot, or like kind of what uh, Oshi is on the power play? Well, Rob Parker was advocating for that as early as last year, um, and I, th- I think there's something to be said for it. Um, I, I, I don't know. We'd have to We'd have to see. I mean, if Wilson. Uh, the way that Rob puts it, and he's the best advocate for this, so I'm not going to do his argument justice, is that you could put you put Troy Brower in that spot, and he was putting up almost 20 goals a year, right? I mean, you put Wilson can at least do what Troy Brower did, um, and Oshie. I mean, he should be able to. It really depends on how Oshie's playing, right? If Oshie's playing well, I'd probably put Oshie there. I still think Oshie's a better um, player to kind of win the puck back. Um, you know, Wilson will level the guy who takes the puck from him kind of along the boards cleanly, hopefully, uh, on the power play. But, I, you know, Oshie does those things where, like, he kind of dives for the puck and scoops it back out to the point to Carlson, and uh, then he's able to fire it over to Ovechkin. But the big thing this year was um, I kind of felt like Oshie wasn't able to create his own space or the Capitals weren't able to open up the power play enough by, um, you know, being a shooting presence from that side of the ice, um, that side being, I guess, the right side of the ice. But... Well, we'll have to kind of see how it all shakes out. I, I really don't know. He would definitely be my first candidate, though, um, for that spot if Oshie um, is not able to do it. Yeah, I mean, that's – I and again, I think if they're struggling to start the year, I think it, I think it's at least worth a look. Um, 
mainly because that second unit is so awful, or at least it was last year, that I think we need to look at ways to kind of figure out, uh, you know, kind of way to break that up a little. And, you know, maybe getting Oshi's speed and skill on that kind of line might, or on the second unit might be helpful at times too. So, you know, I, yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's worth a look and I would be surprised if we didn't at least see a little bit of that in the preseason, you know, I, obviously Wilson's not going to play against the blues, but um, you know, I think that we'll, we might see a little of Wilson on the top unit just to kind of see how it looks and, you know, plant a seed maybe for the future in the next couple of years to kind of see, you know, what Reardon thinks about that. All right, I'm actually going to give uh, Wilson a nine here. So that's going to oh, be, no. I think that's my highest score I'll have given this whole time. So, yeah, I mean, he was really good. Um, I think I actually had a little higher expectations of him than, than you did kind of going into the year. I mean, I also didn't love the contract, but I didn't, I didn't totally hate it. So, I think I'm going like a like a seven. I think it's actually kind of where I'm at. So let's see. What do our fans say? Oh, they're exactly pretty much between where we are. <laughs> yeah, it looks like a eight. Eight is uh, the average with a skew towards nine. So there you go. So um, you, beat, you beat me there. Or you're closer to the pulse of the fan than I am, I suppose. Well, you know, I've been doing this longer. So <laughs> um, no, I'm still a rookie. Uh, yeah, we're gonna leave. Todd and Brian McClellan for our follow-up podcast because we're sitting fresh at an hour here. Um, Greg, have any going away comments here? Um, no, I mean, I um, I think it, most of the Caps offseason work is done. Um, you know, I think that we still have arbitration potentially for Jews and Stevenson. I My prediction here is I think they're going to figure out a way to get the Jews deal done. I and Stevenson, uh, Sayonara. Uh, I think he, I think he might catch on somewhere else, but yeah, I just don't see the room. So, uh, that's kind of the last big thing. And then aside from that, you know, I, uh, shall return to my lovely bar studying. So, uh, you should tweet at me and distract me from doing that and have me do it. So that'd be good. <laughs> uh, well, again, I want to reiterate to our listeners that we will now be, um, there, there may be some slight hiccups here as we kind of migrate over to this new SB Nation platform. So if you have any trouble um, with the episode, only um, tweet, tweet at Adam. Do not tweet at me. <laughs> please exclusively tweet at, at Greg, and uh, if he doesn't reply, you can tweet. No, just kidding. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> but just just give give me a shout on Twitter, um, and we will. I'll try to do something here to to fix it up for you guys. So. Uh, thanks for sticking with us. We know it's been a bit of a slow off season here for the Capitals. Um, but we look forward to kind of things kicking back up as we get closer and closer to our first puck drop of the season.